Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. Good morning, church. How's everybody doing? Man, it's good to see you guys. Uh, last week, Jen and the girls and I took off and uh, went to the Keys and had a great time in the Keys. Uh, those are probably the second Sunday that Jen and I have taken off since the church started. So, uh, so man, I feel like I've been gone for a year. It is so good to see you guys. Some of you know we've been doing a series called You Asked For It. So on Easter morning, we actually did a survey and said, what do you want to hear a sermon on? What would you like to hear? What, what the Bible has to say about blank and had you fill it out? And so we've been walking through our top requests. Well, today, what I want to hit is what ended up being number four on the list of the way I kind of ranked them as a number of times that people, and it was this. It was faith. It was trust. Now, how do you trust God when all hell's breaking loose around you? How do you trust God when, when you get the, the, the frustrating news, when you get the whole, the, 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 the medical report, when you, when you get the whole, and, you know, and I, I'm looking around the room even as I'm thinking of this, I think of specific ones of you and your situations and things that you're going on, and the, the things that I know that are going on in your life. And so I, I want us today to kind of walk through Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is known as the Hall of Faith. It is where we go back and we look at those that have gone before us, some of our, our ancient ancestors in the faith, and how they, how did, what did they do, and how did God meet them in that place, and how did they bolster their faith. And maybe we can take a few things from what they did, and we can pull it into our today life, right? But I'll start with Hebrews 11 and 6. It says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. That seems simple on the one hand and profound on the other, doesn't it? Because if you ever had a moment, come on, be honest, where you thought, does he really exist? Is, is, he, is he really there? When I'm sitting here in this room by myself and I'm praying, am I, am I, am I talking to somebody or just a pain on the wall? Right? And there's a point inside of each one of us where we've got to come to this real place. I really believe he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. My goal today is maybe just to give you a few nuggets that will help you grow in your faith. I really think that we believe, I mean that we live in an age of skepticism. Would you agree? Right? For the most part, when you look at our culture and the responses to those things, the responses are, the glass is half empty. The younger that we get in our generations, as we get into our millennial generation and now our Gen Z generation, we're seeing skepticism even rising more. Right? As, as we see the, stru- the, the struggle in politics and, and who, who's really godly in politics. I mean, we like to think our candidate is the godly one. Right? If I'm Republican, we have a corner on Jesus. If I'm Democrat, we have a corner. But if you're ever really, ever really, totally honest, most of us down along. Right? We, we, we've got this skepticism that, that, that it was. But I want you to hear something. This church, this church was launched on faith. I remember the day that my faith. 
came to Mount Washington Church. There was something that went down that was a pretty big deal, and I was like, maybe that's some of us we should not do this. This is okay. I'm out. And I pulled together, I think it was five men, and we went to breakfast at Wolfie. And the guy was not even involved in our church anymore. He was just involved in the launch. I was like, guys, this is what's going on. This is what happened. I think I'm out. I think I'm going to go back to either my old church or somewhere else and say, hey, can we make work something out? But, I mean, I just really where I was. And I'll never forget, Gene Clawwater is the guy's name, and he's not part of our church anymore, but he looked at me across the table and he goes, you're launching this church. Like, Excuse me? And he goes, you're launching this church. This is what God's called you to do. And he starts speaking life. And speaking life, come on, anybody ever been in a situation where somebody, because they spoke life, because they spoke what were godly, almost prophetic words to you, it brought something back to your heart. And i got to tell you, you sit where you sit today, because at that moment, because of one person who bolstered my faith, that's my goal today. My goal today is to kind of pump your faith back up. It's funny because, you know, here we are, we're coming back from vacation, and, and I feel good, y'all. Like, we had a private snorkeling day on the reef. We had a fishing trip. We had a house on the water. The, here's the amount of rain we had all week, right? On the ride home, it was 30 seconds of mist on the windshield. That's all the rain we had all the way. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. And here's what I noticed. When I walked in this morning, I'm like, wow, what's up, y'all? I noticed that I had a way that got refreshed. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And many of you are in the middle of the battle and the struggle, and, and you didn't get to go fishing this week. You, you know, you won't run, Mark, right? You, 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 did, you did what you do and did the work that you have to do. And, and here's what I, 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 my job today, I'm going to try to put a little keys in y'all today. I, I'm going to try to put a little vision inside you because every night I got to see the sunset. I remember who my God is and go, wow, God, you are so stinky cool. And I snorkel and look at all these crazy fish and go, your imagination is ridiculous. That's the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. Right? It opens your eyes because we're so stuck in all the stuff. Come on. It's going on right around us right now. We're stuck in the minutiae of this life. And God wants, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants to do a work in you this morning. There's a sentence in the Bible at the end of a story I want to read you that I think is a sentence we wrestle with. Let me read you this story out of Mark 9. It says, A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit. <laughs> Some of you parents are like, Yeah, I got one of those. But anyway, that's another story another day. Who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whatever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. Ask your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they did not. And Jesus says, Oh, unbelieving generation. Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought it to him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions. He fell on the ground, rolled around, foamed at the mouth. You can tell all read humor in scripture. Then you're not reading it right. You ready for this? Rome, Rome, Rome's around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the Father, how long have you been like this? 
Give me your priceless life. No, I want to No, but his point was he was saying, before I do a miracle, I want to remind everybody how long this has been a problem. Because here's what God wants to tell you this morning. It doesn't matter how long it's been a problem, he's got an answer today. It doesn't matter how long there's been an issue, there's something available today, but it's faith-based. It's faith-based. It's based on faith, right? How long has he been like this? Um, he says, from childhood, he answered, he's often thrown him in the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us. How many of us come to God like that? Think you want to go and do something about this? And Jesus takes a little bit of an exception to that question, right? He says, if you can do something, if you need and he says, if you can. Said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. He said that to you this morning. Everything is possible for him who believes. Everything is possible for him who believes. Come and hear me. Everything is possible for him who believes. Okay, a couple of you heard me that time. Listen to me. See, that's faith. For those of you who push back, let me say something real quick. I'm going to preach at you a little bit for a second. For those of you who push back when Marcus repeats something over and over again, and you're like, we didn't do that while we used to. Whatever, listen to me. Do you know why we do that? There's a reason. Because you're hard headed. Let faith rise up. Oh, heart, be free. Let faith, I got it. No, that didn't work. Let faith, where are you? Hear what I'm saying to you? The reason we sing those over and over again is not just to be repetitive if we're down and we can't come up with another verse. It's because we're too slow to get what we're already seeking. But we've got to come back to this place of understanding who our God is and how great he is. Everything is possible. Everything is possible for him who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, and here's the sentence that I want to get to. Here's the sentence that this entire sermon today is dedicated to. If you've ever said something like this, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Ever been there? I, I, I believe, but I, I, I believe. I, mean, I know God's God, and I, mean, I know all things are possible. But I, mean, like I can pull that children's church verses and, and all this kind of stuff. But it's a heart issue. It's, 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 it's a heart issue. This message today is for those that relate to that lesson. Help my unbelief. I prayed. Nothing happened. I'm trying to trust God and believe that He has my best interest in mind, but you don't know what I'm going through right now. And it stinks. So let's jump into the Hall of Faith. Look at some of our ancestors and see if we can't find, maybe find a nugget. Some of you may already be doing some of these things. But I'm going to give you seven things that I think you can practically start doing right now to bolster your faith. Does that make sense? And some of you may already be doing this. Or maybe there's a nugget in here. Let me start with Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. It says this. Now faith is being what? Being sure of what we hope for. Sure of what we hope for. And what's the other word? Certain of what we do not see. I don't see God, but I'm certain he's there. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't 
not see how everything's going to pan out tomorrow, but I know God's got it all in control. But that's right, sure and certain. This is what the ancients were commended for. And then the chapter goes person by person, describing what each have done. So maybe if we study each what each person did, we can pull a little nugget. Let's do it together. Does that make sense? Here's number one. Number one, let's talk about Abel. What was Abel's faith lesson? And it was this. Put God first. Put God first. Abel, of course, was son of Adam and Eve. you remember? And many of us, listen to me, especially if you're from the South, God is a part of your life. Right? Like, if you're from the South, like, God's just kind of in my in front of rice. All this kind of stuff. But I need to say something that might be a little discouraging to you at first. That we need to understand about who our God is. If God's not first on your list, He's not on your list. Because that's not how God rolls. God will not take second place. He will not take third or fourth. He will not. I am a jealous God and will put no other God before me. Right? He's got to be first. The very first step of faith is to make Jesus the priority relationship in my life. Listen to me. Salvation is not joining a church. It's, it's not even going to church. It's not becoming more religious. Salvation, catch this, is reprioritizing your life so that Jesus is the priority. When you do that, then you have salvation. God, he's, he's got to be number one. Let me show you again. Hebrews 11 and 4. By faith, Abel, offered God a better sacrifice than Cain. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offspring. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. Now, there's a lot of argument over why. Why did they pick this sacrifice over that sacrifice? And is it because, well, this was an animal sacrifice, and the other one didn't bring an animal sacrifice? And I don't think that's anything to do with that at all. Let me show you why I say that. Let's go back to the story. Genesis 4, 3 through 5. It's not in your notes, but the book. Let me still read it to you. First, several uh, words there. In the course of time. In the course of time, Cain brought some fruit of the soil as an offering to the Lord. What does that mean? Well, kind of right whenever he got around to it. In the course of time, yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff, so I'm going to take out some stuff as an offering. Look at the difference in his brother. But Abel brought back portions from some of the left. First one of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. See, they both gave what they had. But it's all about priority. God is interested in what you do, but I think he's more concerned with what you do first. Can't that? Because first, first defines priority. You, you've heard me often say, what's the first thing you do in the world? Because that just told me the priority of your day. Like, well, what's the first thing you think about in the morning? Because that's going to set your mindset for the day. What's the first thing you read or look at? Like, if the first thing you do is walk up, get some coffee, and look at the news, oh, no wonder you're like, man, President sucks, and government sucks, and they'll put out another stimulus, and blah, 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 blah. Because I'll tweet about it. That's what so many of us are doing. 
You know, I understand this idea of first, like priority one goes first, right? They both came, but great faith gives first. Do you know that's why we're here this morning? That's why we come to church on Sunday. It's the first, it's the first day of the week. The whole idea of coming to church on Sunday is I'm giving the first part of my week. This is like a tithe of my time. Right? I'm giving the first part of my week to say, God, you're number one. I need to hear your word first today. I need to get in your presence first before this crazy come on before Monday comes. You ever thought about that? How cool is God? Sunday, right before Monday. It's supposed to be a pep rally for Monday. What if you walk in tomorrow morning? How do you set the precedent? Listen to me, that's, that's why we're here today. It's, it, it's time of God. It's why we do a quiet time in the morning. You know, I know some of you are night people, but listen to me, I challenge you, 15 minutes in the morning. If you can't come up for 15 minutes, get your schedule's too tight. Come on, somebody. Right? We need to give him why? Because my mind's got to be set, and I've got to show him you are first. You are. That's why we tie. Don't get caught up on the money. Don't get caught up on the money thing. You know, we don't, we don't talk a lot about money in terms of life because we give a lot of money away. But here's what I would say to you is this. It's about the heart. It's not that God's worried about a, a 10 or 12 or whatever. Or see, I mean, a tithe is a 10, but it's not that. It's just first. It's saying, you are my priority. So let me put it to you this way. What do you need to move, give, or change to make God first? What do you need to move, give, or change to make God first? All right. Lesson number two is Enoch's lesson. Some of you may not know the story of Enoch. I'll tell you in just a second. But Enoch's lesson of faith was walk with God. Walk with God. Hey, hey guess what? Guess what? Guess what? We just figured this out. You ready? God exists outside of Sunday morning. God exists outside of small group. God exists outside of youth group. And listen to me. The goal is not for us to come here on Sunday morning and appease an angry God because we showed up and did our duty. I'm here, God, so bless my week. That's not the idea, right? The idea is we're, we're in a relationship with a God that we are to walk Okay, Hebrews 11, 5, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life. That is so cool, right? In other words, he didn't die. Like, God looks down and goes, you're so cool, I'm just going to take you right now. Anybody else want to sign up for that one? I'm going to drown, right? I'm like, Enoch, right? Beam me up, Scotty, right? By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. That word pleased, if you look it up in, 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 the, in the old language, it means he walked with God. He was step in step with God. Like, like that, was, that was the way he did each day. This literally means step in step. Let me go back. Look, look at Genesis 5 and 24 where it talks about Enoch. Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. So if you want to grow your faith with someone or something, you get closer to it. You gotta get closer to it, right? I mean, like, I, tr- I tr- 25 years ago, I trusted my wife, Hannah. 
But now 25 years later, come on now. The trust is a whole different ballgame. You understand what I mean? Why? Because we spent 25 years walking through life together. That's the goal. That as I walk with him, as I daily understand what it means to walk in the spirit, to get in his word, to listen to his Holy Spirit speak to me, then I'm going, oh, no, this this one, got it, good, go back up a little bit, yep. That's what our nation looks like. Like our day should look like that. What do, you, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to deal with this next business decision? Now, before I go on this next sales call, what are the right words to say, or do you not want me to go at all? Or, or God, when do I need to make a phone call? This? Like, that's the whole. So my best illustration is this. I got an opportunity not that long ago as chaplain of the of the uh, East Park Police Department to ride with the canine units. That's so cool. Those dogs are so cool. I have not gotten to get to see them fight somebody yet, but I want to, so. Sorry, if I'm a pastor and that disappoints you, you'll have to get over it, because I don't want to see them fight. Anyway, I have seen them do it with the, the latch on the, the thing. But anyway, but we're, we're retrained, so we're out, and, and, and one of the guys, uh, Herrera, who's the leader of the KMA unit here, he said, uh, we're going to do a retrain tonight. So what do you mean? He said, we went out on the call. One of the other guys, and I share what I would call his dog, that dog got off the track. They said, so what happens is they'll get to a place where they're off track and they have to be retrained. They, they retrain. Every two weeks they're retrained. They're constantly retrained. Why? Because that dog has to get to a place where he's reminded how to stay on track, how to respond the way he's supposed to respond. And so that dog gets to, he lets the dog out. The dog's running around the parking lot. And we're out at like midnight or something. And uh, we're out at the track of place out of Sherry Park, Wildwood. And uh, the dog's running around, and then he's like, make some sound. <laughs> that dog's like, ah! The more he looked at it, the more I thought, that's it. That's it. That's the walk of follower. Those who follow Jesus, right? They, they walk with him. And then have you ever seen that when they train them to walk between the legs? You've seen the videos where the dog will be between the legs and the guy's walking? And what is the dog doing the whole time? He's just looking up like, what now? What do you want me to do? That, that's, that's us. That's, listen to me. God wants to lead you tomorrow. In, in whatever it is that you have to do, whatever that's going to be put on your plate at work, he's got an answer. But it's going to require us paying attention. Right? And, and then we've got to walk with him. We've got to get close to him. So let me ask you, how do you stay in stuff with God? What, what are you doing to make sure that you stay in stuff with God? And if you can't answer that question, email me. We'll have coffee. We'll talk about it. Number three, know his lesson. Know his lesson. You have to act on God's word. You have to act on God's word. Here's Hebrews 11 and 7. By faith, Noah, when warned things not yet seen, Love that. Hey, Noah, I want you to build an ark. Okay, God, cool. Uh, what's an ark? Uh, it's a boat. Cool. What's a boat? Here's the dimensions. Just build this. Right? He gives you the description. He goes, okay, God, working on this thing. What, what are we doing here? What else can rain? What's rain? You've never seen rain before. And this thing's going to float on top of, listen, the, the whole scene there, Noah's lesson is, he, he's trusting.
trust in God because God is God. Some of us have forgotten that God is God. Like I can just say that and walk off the stage with my child. That's God. That's God. He's got it all figured out. He knows it all. Why do I, why does my keep taking control? Right? Like a thing. Like a trust. Like an understanding that that's who he is. Let's look at this. My faith now I will learn about things I have seen in holy fear. Build an ark to save his family. Faith listens to the nudges. What I'm talking about? The Holy Spirit nudges. Make that phone call. You ever have that? You ever have that all of a sudden that thought pops in your head? You should call someone. Or you should go and do this. Or you should go and do listen to me. Those are nudges that you listen to the Holy Spirit. And I promise you, even if you do them and it's the wrong thing to do, God's going to love it because he's going to know your heart. Are you hearing what? I can't tell you how often I have, like, been traveling around the place where I've been, like, I'm Holy Spirit. What do you want me to do? Like, what do you want me to do today? Is there something? And then, I, I mean, I just prayed the prayer. Come on, y'all. I just prayed the prayer. And I'll be like, call someone so encouraging. And I'll go, Store. 
There's seven people lined up, one cashier, and three people over here playing around. Anybody have patience with that? There's somebody here this morning, I know it in my spirit. I felt that they heard it this morning from the Holy Spirit. There's somebody here this morning that I'm going to say some simple words to. Hang on. Hang on. You're about to give up on your marriage. You're about to give up on that business. You're about to give up on something. Something inside of you has been thinking about quitting or giving up. And maybe, just maybe, what God has for you is right around the corner. Second Peter says this, that God is not slow, but patient in waiting on people to come to know him. In other words, God's not up there in heaven going, man, sure is a mess down there, but we're not tired yet. No, he's, he's patient, waiting to see how many people might come to him. That's when God develops us through waiting. I don't like that statement. I just have to teach it because it's true. Right? God develops us through waiting. Character over comfort. Anybody a comfort freak like me? I like to be comfortable. I like air conditioning. Right? I like a comfortable bed. Our trip was fantastic. The only thing that's terrible about our trip was my pillow. My pillow stunk. You know what I'm talking about? And I kept my wife up and the moon came. You know, kind of a deal. I mean, a lot of luxury. And all I do is wind up on a Character over comfort. Hebrews 6 and 15. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. And some of you need to hear this. Hang in there. Hang in there. Hebrews 10, 37. For in just a little while, he was coming. He will come and will not delay. But my righteous ones will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. I will please God by holding on and hanging on and understanding. Are we going to struggle in this world? Yes. Are we going to struggle in this world? Yes. Right? And for some of you, you go, well, I'm really glad I came to church this morning. Appreciate you being so positive. Alright, let me help you. A positive, you're going to struggle in this world. Right? That's what Jesus said. This, this world, you're going to have trouble. Take heart. Because he had overcome this world. And God is on his way. The cavalry is coming. You just got to hold on. Are you hearing what I'm saying too? Number five, Moses' lesson. Moses' lesson, I love this one. Don't trust your feelings. For many people, feelings drive our choices. And then we wonder how we got where we are. And then because we wonder why we are where we are, we don't believe that God's God because he wouldn't have allowed us to get to where we are today. Well, that's not the book of D.P. Come on, y'all. That's the most Christian message. Right? That's, it, that's, it's not true. Because we are where we are because of the choices that we have made. And, and, and the reality being is that has nothing to do Choices lead. Feelings follow. Is the way it's supposed to go. Choices lead. Feelings follow. In other words, I make the right decision and I'll feel good about it later. Right? And yet so often we're making the you know, good decision I've been expecting God to bless it. That is not going to happen that way. We cannot trust our feelings. 
Can I say something to you that some of you are like, oh, he missed that. Uh, he is so negative. And, and I usually am not acting like uh, I'm making that this week. I'm like this week. But I need to say something to you that drives me crazy about our culture. That I just, I mean, you want to talk about me get on the soapbox? Here it is. Can I say something to you really harsh and just take it because I love you and I need you to hear truth? You don't deserve to be happy.
Like when you first get married, you don't go buy a mansion. You buy some hole in the wall apartment, and you use milk curtains and a board as a coffee table. Anyone else do that? You know what I'm talking about? Like, you sacrifice. You go to college, you eat ramen noodles every day. Why do you do that? Because you have a vision for something greater that is bigger. Do you know the one thing during those years that we do not say that is in relationships? In those years, we say, well, wow, that's one year you're going to be tied down. You catch that? Did you catch the world flipping that upside down? To which I would say, young people, tie yourself down now to Jesus. That one day you might still be tied down to Jesus, but in a great marriage. And in a love relationship that's going to last a lot longer. And it's living by principle, not by pressure. All right, I can tell it's not so possible over here. Number six. Number six. Joshua's lesson. Thank God in advance. Thank God in advance. So here's what I would say to you. After you pray, those of you who are praying right now, you're praying these prayers. Worship team is coming up to finish because they're a little distracted. They're coming up to help close the service. But, but, but when you pray... I want you to think about going ahead and thanking God for his answer. Because that's what that means. Right? After you pray, Hebrews 11 and 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. I love the story of Jericho. It's amazing. They walk up, huge fortified walls. We're going to take it over. You can imagine some big jacked guys that are all like high-fiving like, dude, I'm taking this wall, bro. I got this. We're going to knock them out. All this. And the guy comes in. Hey, guys, hey, put the swords down where I store them in the capital. What I want you to do is I want you to walk around and sing. <laughs> they can sing. No, 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 no. I want you to sing. I want you to worship. I want you to walk around the walls, and I want you to worship. I want you to walk around and, and worship. And why would you do that? Because I want you to thank me before the victory. I want you to recognize where the power comes from beforehand. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Let me ask you, if you're a part of that group, how many days would it have taken before you rise for the first time? Just curious. Seven days. Seven days. Okay, are we done now? Because it would have taken me about 45 minutes, I think. Right? Because that's how patient I am. But listen, the, the reality of what it means for us to actually thank him before, over and over in the Bible, God sends the, the worshipers before the warriors. What is that? That's your worship to me. That's recognize where the power comes from beforehand. Let me ask you, when was the last time you prayed and you prayed a heartfelt, one of those hurting prayers, one of those God, where are you prayers, and then stopped and said, now I thank you because you're God. And I thank you because you're faithful. And I thank you because you're good, and you're true, and you're righteous, and you have all things under control, and you never sleep or slumber. I just preached myself happy there for a second. Come on, y'all. Right? Like, like, thanking him beforehand, Philippians 4 and 6. You don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. We've read this a million times, but I wonder if we missed this one little part. You don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with what? With thanksgiving. Present your request to God. Now, last one. We get to the second half of this whole thing. 
of people that bolstered their faith in what they did and how they walked that out. And the second half of this, this chapter, it stinks. Nobody gets what they were supposed to get. This, is, this last part is written for all the people who were beheaded and eaten by lions and, and crucified in different horrific ways and beaten and all this. And here's the final lesson of this chapter that some of you need to hear maybe more than any of the others. The final lesson is this. God always does the right thing. God always does the right thing. Yeah, but, but I prayed and he didn't heal my mom. Yeah, but I, but I, I prayed and that person still passed away, but man, is still a mess. My little child is off and la la Hebrews 11, 39 and 40. These were all, these were all committed to their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. And then here it is. Listen. God had planned something better. Somebody this morning needs to hear. You're, you're, you're doubting and you're frustrated with God right now because of a certain situation. Or maybe it hasn't panned out the way you prayed for it to pan out. And here's what I need you to hear from God always does the right thing. Always. Always. I don't have a verse for this, but I've said this several times. I think there's a certain sound in heaven.
that's going on. Now that right now, I just stop. Hey, God, thank you. You're in control. You're reminding me today. You got this in the palm of your hands. This is not a big deal for you. It's just uncomfortable for me right now. I choose by faith to trust that you are God. Why? Because our last lesson of the day was God always makes the right decision. Amen? Let's pray and ask God to help us walk this out. God, thank you for this amazing chapter of Scripture. Thank you for your word. Thank you for just stirring something in us again today, God. Boy, don't we feel the struggle of that man. I believe, but help my unbelief. So God, we come today and we lay our unbelief before you. God, help us. We're weak and frail. And we chase comfort and feelings. But today we choose to stand on principle of who you are. You are faithful and you are true and you are right. And you are always on time and always Help us to hang on right now in the challenge that we're going through. Help us to know you are working something out for our good. And with your eyes still closed, if you need today for the first time to put God first, if you've never done that before, listen to me, this, this is not a silly emotional moment. It's just a principal choice in your gut right now that you make. You know you're feeling the drawing. You're feeling the Holy Spirit say to you, it's time. It's been time. And if that's you today, let me challenge you to pray a simple prayer just like this. Jesus, I surrender. Today I give you my life. I don't understand it all. But I surrender and I'll give you first. Would you come into my heart? Bring me to life, the true life that you have for me. Help me to understand what it means to serve and follow you, that I might fulfill all that you have for me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins and giving me new life. Pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. And church, how about we walk out some faith this week? Anybody? Anybody with me? We put a little faith into action this week and not worry it out. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.